Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Swim Coaches podcast. Um, it's me, Clive Marquis, and Sam Redman. Um, and today, yet again, we got um, Matt Brooks back again to talk to us more about sports psychology because last time was so interesting. But this time, we're going to focus a little bit more on the um, how we're going to help with COVID and a little bit of performance bits like that. So, taking off from back where we were again last week, Matt's going to give us a little definition for those who didn't hear it, what sports psychology is, and then we're going to get right back into it. So, Matt, welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me back in. Um, yeah, just a trainee performance psychologist doing his professional doctorate. Um, great to be back on with the Coaches Corner podcast. So a performance psychologist uh, looks to facilitate support and improve stakeholders within sport through helping them better understand sort of their thought processes, their behavior, essentially their sense of who they are as well. And they use these factors to promote effectiveness, efficiency and promote performance excellence. Um, I just thought that would be really useful to start off with in terms of getting a, getting everyone familiar back with what sports psychology is all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it's, I was reflecting on sort of last week's talk um, and we came from a very sort of well-being perspective. And I think if listeners go back and listen to that podcast, it was we were talking about sort of mitigating and reducing athlete burnout through enhancing our ability to deal with stress, enhancing our coping resources and um, inevitably reducing athlete burnout. We kind of spoke from, a, I wanted to highlight the more, um, or the, the way sports psychology works that maybe people hadn't thought about and like the different avenues you can go down to do with talking about it. And you sort of asked me about, about some misconceptions last week and I, I think what was quite funny is that once we finished I, I had all these ideas I was like oh yeah this is <laughs> it always <laughs> happens that way it yeah. always happens but that's why we've got you back because well for one people absolutely loved last week's episode we've been given a load of positive feedback which is great oh, um, yeah. yeah really really good uh, feedback um, and there's so much more to talk about there is um, so obviously let's tr just try and make it as free flowing as possible let's let's talk I know Clive's got a few sort of nudging questions yeah so well especially because I think with everyone should understand is we're in the middle of COVID at the moment and okay luckily it's looking like we're starting to come to an end of all these lockdowns but um, it's important for everyone to understand how to get through this time because we're all we're all in a mindset as being swimmers ourselves of like goals numbers like achievements stuff like that but then when you're sat in this position we all are in how can um how can sports psychology help us move forward and still make sure that we're improving and getting ready for when we're getting back in yeah 100 percent. so i think what's important and we're talking about sort of you mentioned athletes there but just like coaches as well um and everyone involved in the sporting environment essentially is um what I've sort of prepared is to help people in the short term to get us through these final months, getting us back to the sort of build up of getting back into, to, into swimming is sort of like recognize how you currently feel about COVID and the situation and, and how can you sort of like better manage your experience. It sort of comes back to what we were talking about last week to do sort of stress and coping and trying to stay a little bit positive. So um, the first thing I would just suggest for everyone is to essentially just examine your worries and essentially aim to be realistic in your assessment of, or of the sort of concerns that you're having and having an ability to cope. 
like really examine and sit down and focus on what you can control and what you can do and be aware of the things that you you feel that are out of your outside of your control but try and accept that you can't change that um and it sounds all very nice and easy or (laughs) it sounds a lot easier when i say it like that than it actually is but um yeah, well, the first sort of thing I had for people to try and ground themselves in what's currently going on and to focus on the positives. Um, and just just so you know, these are sort of more like short term tips. And that's why I have sort of brought them up for the next sort of to get us through that next like month and a half, two months or whenever, depending on your age, you can go back to swimming is a thing called a gratitude journal. And it's a daily gratitude journal. And it's a really good method of staying positive, focusing on the positives that are in your life at the moment and grounding yourself in the present rather than worrying about what's happened in the past or what's about to happen in the future. And essentially you just write in each day what you're grateful for for that day and then repeat. And you can also act on those aspects of gratefulness. Um, So say if it's like a a relationship you have with someone or your ability to do something with someone because they're in the same household, you know, sit down and speak to that person and show your appreciation for it and have like a nice meaningful conversation with them. Um, and okay. what's quite important when you're doing these gratitude journals is try and make them really specific and really understand the things that you're grateful for currently, or, you know, why was I grateful for it that day? Like really focusing on that specific aspect of, so for example, one thing for me is like making a coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. And like, it sounds like a simple task, but it's like something I'm actually really grateful for and the ability to do that and to take the time out of my day because it's, it's, it's almost something that I spend um, quite a nice bit of time doing and I enjoyed making that cup of coffee and really explore why you feel grateful for having that sort of specific, um, specific uh, uh, gratefulness task. Um, yeah, so oh, that's, that's, that, that's, that's really interesting. Like, um, I'm a big believer in kind of like, along the same kind of lines but mindfulness and stuff so stepping outside and looking at the sky and thinking oh this is the world if you know what i mean and like seeing how blue the sky is how white the clouds are green the grasses kind of like really take it all in and i i I feel so much better for doing things like that absolutely i mean clive you're probably the happiest person alive um i i think that is a fair assessment but like just hearing you say, even you need to like take time out and just sort of look and appreciate. And like you say, feel gratitude for the stuff that is going on um, in your life. So whether that be making your cup of coffee in the morning, you know, mm. um, it's empowering, isn't it? Like even during all this horrible stuff that's going on, there is still great stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like uh, Clive sort of touched on, that was the next thing I was going to mention, sort of like mindfulness practice or mindfulness training. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially what mindfulness is, is essentially slowing down, sort of like racing thoughts, letting go or understanding sort of negativity and promoting relaxation, sort of self-awareness and acceptance of your own judgments about certain situations. And it's all about grounding yourself and focusing on the present not the past or the future and being in that moment and uh, i have a couple of uh, actual practices that people may be maybe uh, willing to do or to think about and one's a little bit out there and even i had my own prejudices about it when i read about it and one was a mindful shower so it's a, a daily mindful shower um and i had my own prejudices about it but i was essentially like from a sports psychology um perspective you sort of you can't 
you can't preach something if you don't practice it yourself. So mm-hmm. I really, and it's a daily activity that a lot of people rush and they, you know, I'm, I was, before I had, before I started incorporating it into my sort of daily routine, um, I was thinking, you know, like you rush through a shower or if I'm in the shower, I'm like really thinking about what I'm doing for the rest of the day. But if you sort of take those couple of minutes out, really ground yourself in that experience, focus in on the sort of like the millions of water droplets falling on you. And you want to sort of incorporate your senses into the experience. So sort of like, what, like how does the water feel? I mean, smell is a little bit out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> getting water up your nose. Um, but I would just say, enter that experience, focus on grounding yourself in the present. How are you currently feeling? Keep yourself grounded and focusing on, on sort of the water droplets or the water running down your body. And I'd say to initiate, you haven't got to spend, you know, like 20 minutes standing still in the shower. I just say, try and incorporate maybe two, three minutes of when that, fo- that water first hits you, essentially act that as that sort of trigger point and stand there and really think, how am I feeling right now in this present situation? Don't worry about what you've got to do later on in the day. Don't worry about maybe the argument you had in the morning with someone or what, or, you know, a bit of traffic you got stuck in whenever you have your shower and really ground yourself in that experience. And I, I, I'm doing it myself. Like I said, I had my own prejudices, you know, folks, you'll probably have judgments in that experience. Like I was a bit like, Oh, this feels a little bit odd. But be aware of those judgments, but bring yourself back into that situation and staying in the present. And this is also do help with sort of like self-awareness, relaxation. And it for me, it was like a I almost had that experience of um, a weight being lifted off my shoulders. Because like I said, I normally get in that shower and I'm racing through that process of cleaning myself so I can get on with my day. And I, what was really nice was to just essentially be really focusing on that situation. And I was like, you know what? I actually feel like really nice. I feel, you know, mm. I'm armed. I'm quite relaxed. My shoulders were down. Um, so yeah, that's one exercise I'd really highly promote for people. And it's more of a, I'm talking more about mindful practice than actual training. So there's a, there's a difference. Training is um, incorporating these practices, but at a more significant level. And regimented yeah and you yeah yeah, and you sort of use them to really like manage your own stresses whereas this is more of sort of like a relaxation and self-awareness practice but you sort of essentially got to be able to walk before you can run yeah (laughs) Yeah. these activities that say if i'm brought in to help with a client who for example like there's um like some listeners may be thinking oh how would i incorporate sort of mindfulness training into my my competition or my performance and there's a thing called pre-performance routines, which mindfulness is using quite a lot. And it's about sort of grounding yourself in that experience, uh, sorry, grounding yourself before a competition. So for example, like people might have like a bad heat swim, say if we're in a competition setting and people, and you do, what you do is you'd use mindfulness to refocus yourself on the task at hand, rather than worrying about what happened in that pre, rather than what happened in that heat swim. Um, or like you might even be thinking, ah, oh, you know, build up into the competition, a person standing behind the blocks, you know, uh, you're waiting for the next heat to finish and people will be like, ah, oh, I've got to do this 200 free, but I had a bad swim with that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, or I didn't hit my back end speeds in training. And these sort of worries and stresses and negative experiences of competition sort of come up and where mindfulness training would work. And it starts with these practices, like I've just suggested from a mindful shower, um, 
comes from centering yourself and focusing on being in the present and not allowing the future stress or worry or the past stress or worry that's being building up to that moment influence what's going on before that race. And this is where sort of mindfulness training really comes in it to its effectiveness um, in a performance setting because mindfulness training has been sort of um, linked through research in sort of enhancing focus, enhancing understanding of your environment, controlling your behavior, having control over your behaviors, acceptance of worries and stresses, um, clarity as well as decision-making. And it's essentially just associated reducing stress and anxiety. Um, so yeah, if you were just wondering and sitting there, like why is this sports psychologist talking to me about mindfulness, um, which I think might be a thing. And like, if a sports psychologist ever brings it up to you as a coach or you as a club, and they're like, oh, I'd like to do some mindfulness training. These are sort of the areas that it's like really beneficial and useful. Absolutely. I think it it's beneficial for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, helping get that clarity, the weight off your shoulders. And like you say, managing yourself throughout, for instance, competition, a slightly stressful event overall. Mm. You can just take those few minutes away, have a shower even at the pool, you know? <laughs> and realize oh okay it is only swimming you know relax on to the next thing yeah yeah can i need like even like in a catch there's a thing called catastrophe contrast oh my god catastrophe <laughs> in um swim they come away from that you know you see them they get really upset really cry and they, and mindfulness can be incorporated into that sort of setting as well it's like helping that athlete deal with that process by refocusing them on what's actually presently going on don't because a lot of people come away from that and they're like oh i didn't qualify for the you know it's a heat swim oh, i didn't qualify for the final or oh i've missed my national time and you can essentially you teach the athlete to bring that mindfulness training back into that experience because they're probably going to have another swim that day mm. and it's and that mindfulness training would allow the person to sort of prepare themselves to go to that next heat swim or final that they've got later on in the session in a more positive frame of mind rather than focusing on that past swim that they've just had um and that's where mindfulness comes in massively um and we were talking, sorry, previously about it using to manage ne the next couple of months, like stress and staying positive. Um, and then another thing which Clive mentioned, uh, practice that I would encourage listeners to do is, especially as people are doing a lot of walking at the moment, mm. is a mindful walk. And these are quite, I'm, I keep mentioning these practices, or sorry, I've mentioned one previously. And I don't expect someone to literally go and have a mindful shower and get it straight away. Like, it's, it's, it's a challenging thing to do and I would encourage people to try and stay consistent with it don't sort of like try it once and knock it off be like oh that's a that was a waste of three minutes in my shower or and I'm talking about a mindful walk because get rid of those distractions take your headphones out try and find a more secluded walk but if you can't you know you've got to walk around busy streets try busy streets and as you're in that experience immerse yourself in that experience don't think about the past. Don't think about the future, what you've got to do for the rest of the day. Immerse yourself in the present. What are your thoughts, feelings, and emotions in that moment, in that walk? You know, you see a flower, like really take hold of that flower. Like what, what influence does that have on you? What emotions does it elicit? What behaviors do you feel after looking at that flower or looking at that cloud, like Clive said, and, and, and appreciating its beauty? Um, 
and these are all things that can be done to enhance relaxation and, and, and mitigate against stress in sort of this really stressful situation mm. we find ourselves in sometimes in the, this sort of COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so it's so like you're like being quite vulnerable with yourself, aren't you? You're just... Yeah, enhancing your own self-awareness, yeah. It yeah. Vulnerability. Yeah, so vulnerability, it sort of it initiates freedom almost, I suppose, doesn't it? And Yeah, and it allows understanding you... Understanding and yeah exactly um so when you're in that in that present state really notice your thoughts feelings behaviors emotions and if you are having judgments about the situation or you find your mind wandering onto the past or the future be aware of that and maybe as you're doing that walk or that shower be aware of like what you, what your anxieties or your attention's being drawn to and that can help with that sort of self-discovery, which will come into sort of managing emotions in a minute, but that sort of self-discovery of, okay, this is causing me stress and anxiety. Having that self-awareness, making a note of it, but then take yourself back to that present and how, be aware of the anxiety or the distraction that's being taken away, that you've been taken away by, but come back and then really focusing on, you know, how do I actually feel in this moment rather than how did I feel stressing about, you know, that assignment I've got to write later on today or, you know, um, like coach's example, for example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I get that. I fully get that. Cause I think find that time to like bring yourself into the present. Cause we're, we're, we all live either in the future or the past and just in how the world <laughs> goes. Um, but if we can bring ourselves into the now, and this is where I think a lot of people find with swimming itself. When we go for a swim at that point, when we're swimming, that fast 25 or that 200 for time we're focusing on the here and now like that particular moment each stroke turning into the wall you're focusing on that particular moment which is the same concept that swimmers and coaches and people like that they understand that if we can draw that into the fact of you wake up in the morning like my example you walk outside you're focusing on the clouds it's the same concept as what you would be doing when you're swimming but you're just focusing on different things and taking in those kind of like those awareness issues issues that you would have when you have in the pool as well yeah exactly exactly i was reading a paper on mindfulness training actually earlier in the week and um the case is this case study which is essentially a practitioner writes up a, a client experience and an intervention and how they sort of essentially provide support to them and the athlete sort of through doing this mindfulness training realized how sort of how much their life was on autopilot and how incorporating mindfulness training actually allowed them to realize that sort of one, they had more free time than they actually realized. And it allowed them to mitigate against that stress of essentially, because you think from an athlete perspective or a coach's perspective, like you wake up first thing in the morning, you go and coach, you then probably plan the next session. Like where in that routine are you allowing yourself to, to sort of self empathize and be self-compassionate like where are you and that's what mindfulness training helps you sort of discover and helps you ground yourself in that present moment and there's different like there's you, you would normally incorporate mindfulness with sort of like a relaxation technique or like meditations very very uh, very um very common uh to incorporate alongside mindfulness um but yeah like you said clive like it really helps enhance that self-awareness and allows a person to not feel like they're on autopilot all the time which i think a lot of people, I, I mean, I think back to my time as an athlete and I, I 100% realised that there's probably times I was just on, on autopilot. 
um, and where this mindfulness stuff would have been really useful to help me sort of deal with a bit of stress and anxiety that I was going through rather than just pushing through it. So um, here, here's a question. So thinking from a coaching perspective for like myself and Clive, if we see an athlete who you think is in that sort of autopilot sort of thing, is there a, is there a sort of certain way we can suggest stuff or just again does it have to be organic from them do they need to say oh i'm feeling like i'm in this no yeah of course associative way i would ask them um obviously how they're feeling and they might they might just brush it off and they might just be like oh yeah i'm fine but Hmm. sort of be like okay okay take five minutes and just sit there for me and just focus in right now on being present and this can be done on the pool side um say you've got an athlete and you're worried about you know how they might be feeling at the moment just say right take five minutes sit sit in that spot focus on being there in the present how are you really feeling how are you how are you doing um would be my first thing and ask them to sort of maybe close their eyes or take themselves away from distraction um and like i've just said with my my sort of tips and going through it and going through having a mindful experience ask them well i've said it i've just repeated myself i suppose now but ask them in that present moment ask them to focus on how they're feeling what are their senses um so what it's guided for a point and then you just let them yeah experience that for them like i said Ask them, you know, if you become distracted by anything, make a sort of like mental note of it. Um, what you're becoming distracted by, where's your mind wandering? Because, because, for example, if you're, if you're, what I think you're saying is like, if you see, if you notice an athlete maybe is unhappy or um, looks like they're a bit, um, their their focus isn't quite on the session, for example, um, it can help them identify and maybe be a bit more open to you, like why they're having why they're not so focused or what's on their mind Mm. Uh, and that and that sort of mindful activity in that sense would be would be quite useful um but it essentially depends on sort of the coach athlete relationship you have with them and they might even um sort of like tell you and i think that was going to be another point that i was going to raise was when you're actually talking and trying to provide support to someone so they've had this they've gone away they've spent five minutes or three minutes or you know it doesn't have to be too long and they've had this mindful thing and they've come back and they've gone, oh, coach, I was in it and I kept getting distracted because, um, you know, for example, anxiety-inducing experience they mentioned to you. And what can be really hard, and I've learned as a practitioner, is when you're listening to someone, you're re- you're a lot of a natural inclination is to help the person solve the issue. So as soon mm-hmm. as someone starts, and when someone gets upset, um, it's, it's a really natural behaviour to be like to try and either sort of diminish the experience for them by saying things like oh well at least this didn't happen and what i can actually do is take away the importance of the issue that the person's trying to say or what can happen is that you'll try and solve it for them you'll be like oh well have you tried this oh well you could do this or you know but what can actually be really helpful and i would encourage um, when trying to support someone is ask them to explore that experience or provide um uh uh, sorry not provide um encourage them to explore and understand the experience they're having rather than trying to solve it honestly it is a really hard thing to do and yeah 
hopefully if people take away what I've just said to that experience, they'll actually realize it. And it's quite, it's quite, I wouldn't say funny, but it's quite a realization that as a, as a person, you try to solve the other person's issue or because you want to make them feel better. And, you, and the easiest way to do that is to provide explanations or, or to, um, to encourage like, Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? But if you actually sit there in that moment with that person and ask them questions like, and I know it's, it might sound a bit cliche, but you know, no. how does that make you feel? Yeah. And let that person unravel that and, and tell their own narrative rather than providing suggestions. Let that person sit in that experience and it can become uncomfortable. You know, people get upset, but just keep asking them questions to help them explore that experience because you want to help them understand, explore that experience first and understand the emotions they're feeling and then help them understand it themselves by asking questions, how do you feel? Oh, why do you think that may be the case? You know, rather than uh, I would avoid phrases like, oh, well, at least this didn't happen because like I said, it takes away the yeah. that experience for the person or be like, um, oh, I don't know. You know, if someone's crying, um, I would just say, yeah, sorry. Just try and be really empathetic, help them explore the experience they're going through by asking questions and help them and guide them towards understanding it themselves rather than trying to solve it for them. And that would be my advice in providing support in that sort of one-to-one -one setting. Yeah. So, so when does there come a point where then you obviously need to strategize to then solve that, that problem? Does that come, I'm guessing that comes way after their, them exploring what's yeah. upsetting them yeah how do you sort of integrate that into a conversation so i would say so you sort of speak to them this time they're starting to understand it they're starting to what's normally they'll start to calm down um mm. say if they are like written a really emotional state um once they've explored it and understood it then you can start to work with them and i i would part of my um practitioner stance is sort of working with the person to become to working with the person to figure out the, solu the, the solution let's say and I would ask them like what do you think what do you think you could do to you know um, I don't know we haven't given an example here you know what do you think you could do to solve xyz and sometimes the person will be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Then I would encourage you to re-explore that with them. So why are they getting upset? It comes, it's a really individualistic experience. Like every, there's no like one fits all answer that I can sort of provide you with here. Mm. But I would work with them. I would ask them to explore it, understand it. And then like what their thoughts on fixing it would be, or sorry, fixing, throwing some quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, and then it's it's interesting because like, it, it's stuff that come up against a lot of the time yeah as 100%. a coach and your immediate instinct like for I, i'm gonna like just chuck out a physical thing like if you see something wrong with someone's technique your first instinct is to jump in and change it mm. see what i mean and i suppose the same thing is with um the psychology sort of stuff if you see someone's upset you want to jump in yeah. and help and provide a solution or um what have you but just taking time stepping back mm. understanding why they're using that technique is it uh, is it effective for them because people are different and mm. so on get a deeper understanding of it of their emotions and why they're feeling that way 
then you can come up with a solution collaboratively, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. You've really, you summarised it really well there. Um, and it's a really, like I said, it's really challenging. And it's something I've had to work really hard as a practitioner. And like you said, like, I didn't really um, notice it that much before, but I, you do now. Like, and it's, yeah. it's, a, really, it's a really, yeah, really fun. Funny is not the word, but a, a really um, empowering realisation that I used, that before I embarked on this journey, that that's how I would deal with it. Like, cause that's what you want to do. Like someone's bawling their eyes out in front of you. The natural human instinct is to try and make them feel better and to solve the problem or to provide suggestions. But what can be really beneficial for the person that's experiencing that is understand exploring and understanding it first, then having a collaborative process to sort of work through it. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like I said you summarized it really well. That's awesome. No, cool. that, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So also, I assume once they've gone through this process once, it will get easier each time. So each time they face the same problems, issues again, and they their reactions to that will progressively get better because they've experienced it more often. Maybe is that? And yeah, got- and like obviously the, the the then the like the sports psych interventions, techniques, measures comes into place, and you you help a person deal with that situation better. Yeah, but first of all, they've got to understand, they've got to explore and understand it themselves because. Like I said, you can provide some of a suggestion, but it's not going. It might not work for them. Like, mm. or you're just you're just essentially placing on a, a placing a bandage on a a bandaid on a on a problem that's just going to you know happen again because the person doesn't understand why they felt that way or they haven't explored the process that caused that caused them to have that anxiety inducing or stressful experience. Um, you've just essentially like said the person's had an experience and then they've come to you, and you said, "I'll oh, try this." Okay, that doesn't work because they don't understand or they haven't explored the actual issue from the, from the root of it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, nice. Uh, yeah. I was just, a, yeah. No, everything we've gone through, I think has just been great. So relevant to what I can imagine 99.9% of our audience are experiencing right now. Um, or of have interest in have experienced it whether now during lockdown or with their own athletes or as athletes themselves um and i'm sure those practices are really going to be taken up by a lot of people i know i'm going to try them yeah i definitely incorporate mindful mindful practice and i've i've only listed a couple examples but this is stuff you can youtube like you can search up you're like okay the walk didn't quite work for me um the shower didn't quite work for me um you want to look at other things like just type in mindfulness practice on youtube or the internet and you can read up about it um there was one more thing of sort of uh managing emotions i think it was going to be a really key thing uh, i think yeah. I can it in. um there's essentially something called the triple a method of managing emotions um so essentially you just start with acknowledging how you feel identifying the emotions that you feel and work to understand like i said just previously work to understand and accept them Hmm. so essentially the first a is awareness so awareness of the emotions you're experiencing in that moment what is happening how are you feeling and you can even try and name the actual emotions that you're feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. it kind of comes back down to mindfulness so put yourself relax yourself put yourself in that present moment understand how you're feeling or be aware of the emotions you're feeling i should probably say 
The next one is acceptance. So acceptance of how you're feeling is normal and valid. So a lot of people associate negative emotions with negative consequences. But there's, if you really think about it, there's, it's completely human and in our nature to cry or to feel sadness or to feel yeah. upset. Um, and some people um, will associate sort of being sad or being upset with sort of shame. And essentially acceptance or well, the second day of this, of this process is accepting that you are human and you have emotions and not to feel shame or, or to try and suppress or hide away from mm. those emotions. Um, and essentially acceptance of what's outside of your control. And that, like I said, and that we are human beings. And then the final is action. So that's essentially acting on the emotions you're experiencing. So what do you want to do now? So how can you do it? What do you want to do now with that emotion? How can you work towards uh, mitigating against it? Like I said, mindfulness or relaxation techniques, um, engaging in physical activity, connecting with a friend, uh, evaluate how you spend your time, adjust your goals, or like I said, practice some relaxation techniques. Um, and that's a really brief summary skimming over the AAA method of sort of managing emotions. And you're not going to, you're not going to like, you know, you're not going to have awareness of emotion and be able to accept and act on it straight away. Um, it was going to come back to one of my misconceptions about sports psychology is that sometimes it's a, people assume it's a quick fix. Mm. And there's like this with anything, there's, there's measures that can be in place. Like goal setting can be um, fairly straightforward and, and, and accepted, but then like there's more difficult things like mindfulness is quite a hard activity. Um, and it takes time to practice. And like I said, there's a difference between, mindful practice and mindfulness training mindful practice is essentially walking before you can run so you've got to practice these things before you can incorporate them into a pre-performance routine like we spoke about earlier mm. um and yeah align your and when you're in that action state or you're acting on that emotion that you've been experiencing sort of align your actions or the actions you're going to take with sort of your current values and prioritize so that you're essentially the next steps you take as genuine and and uh meaningful to you yeah um and yeah be aware that the process takes time it takes energy it takes commitment to learn um and it, managing emotions is something a lot of us and i'm i'm guilty of it is i try and avoid it like, <laughs> like in all honesty like it's it's something that sometimes people just like i said it takes time commitment and energy to to deal with an emotion and manage it effectively and efficiently and sometimes it can just be much easier to avoid it. Um, but there's nothing, Absolutely. nothing. Wrong and there. I mean, I, I know you from like being a swimmer. I know if you didn't always have the best swim, you were probably one of the most Zen people out there or seemed Zen. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, I always wonder if you sort of felt that emotion, what then would have happened like further down the line. It's really interesting to think about. But like you said last week, there's no point diagnosing what has happened in the past. Yeah. and trying to put into place stuff but no that's really cool no that, that really was really cool. interesting um yeah we're gonna have to call it there we're running out of time again <laughs> yeah. but um no thanks Shen um matt for coming back and uh talk talking to us it was uh it was really really good and um, oh, i think yeah. we're all really enjoying and also learning a lot from thinking about all these other aspects of training and just lifestyle this athlete coach lifestyle that we all live and how, how best to like well, how best to live it isn't it yeah but yeah and i'm sure there's so much more to talk about in other aspects of sports psychology as well so i'm very yeah. sure we'll have you on again <laughs> yeah, exactly. very soon 
I'm sure there's yeah. so much more stuff to go through and people want yeah. to hear it. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, all up, especially if people are finding it useful. Um, very much so, very much so. A lot of the coaches at North Sea have, have listened straight away and gave some really great feedback. So, oh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm being of use to, to people. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so remember, guys, you can uh, follow us on social media at Swim Coaches Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can get in with all our uh, posts and bits like that there. You can listen to us on Spotify and all other podcast platforms. And yeah, if you're interested, get in touch. If you want to come on the podcast and you've got something to say, get in touch. Um, but yeah, we're always happy to get anyone on. So thank you again, Matt, for coming on. And uh, no thank you again. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys.